This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There are sleazeballs abound all over the internet. We'll be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed. Welcome back, listeners, to the Jay and Silent Rob podcast coming at you live December 3rd, 2020. Can't believe it's December. Jay Swall, what's, what, what's cracking? What's up, dude? It's uh, it's the last month of our of our twenties, man. You've you've got like uh, you've got just under a week. Got just under yeah. a week. Yeah, this is my last last Thursday of my twenties. Um, <laughs> I had a lot of good Thursdays in my twenties. This one, yeah. I, I don't know that I'll remember it uh, better than than any others. But yes, dude, we're we're approaching a level of adulthood where a lot less is excusable. So I'm putting on my belt suspenders. And, you know, beat a big boy. Yeah, I, I agree. That is definitely the worst part about getting older is you just can't be that. It's like not as acceptable to be as big of a dumbass. Like you can be a dumbass every once in a while, but it's like if you string together some dumbass moments, it's just kind of, it's not, it's, it's, it's a more than a faux pas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like, I like my, my, my dumbass moments to just be faux pas level, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, but yeah, happy, happy early birthday. Um, I hope you, you're able to celebrate it somehow. Um, we'll get it done, dude. We'll get it done. Actually, I want to start, Jay, before we get into it today, uh, friend of the show, Giants fan, <laughs> um, who you may know, Mr. L, we'll call him, uh, wanted to let you know that maybe you forgot or, or misspoke on, on the last pod and is, really wants you to know that the Giants have, have such a great chance to win the NFC East. They're a great bet. He just wants – he wanted me to relay the message to you personally. Um, so, so Mr. L, here you go. It's been relayed, uh, Giants, NFC East. Jay, do, do you have futures on them? What's what's the deal here? Yeah, I do. I, I would love for the Giants to win the, the NFC East. I have a 50-to-1 ticket for them to do that. So, oh. so I'm, all, I'm, on, uh, I'm all about them. I'm all about them. Uh, yeah, I speaking of NFC East, uh, I went with the Cowboys last week in my my uh, Survivor contest, which had uh, about two hundred some odd people remaining for like a two point three million or two point four million dollar prize, uh, and that lost to uh, to the to the Washington Football Team, which is just poetic. Uh, but but yeah, there's like one hundred and three people left. None of them listen to this, but best of luck to them, and I'm really excited for next year to to do it again. Um, uh, not, not been the most successful, uh, football betting season, uh, of my, of my life. Uh, but I have learned a lot and a lot via that contest. It's been a lot of fun. So happy to incorporate that, uh, moving forward. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about this week's games, man. Let's talk about this week's games. Um, we have Tuesday night football, which is Dallas out Baltimore. Um, I know you didn't get to see them yesterday play yesterday afternoon, uh, about one forty your time, they kicked off this game, <laughs> and they, they kicked off this game at one forty because uh, NBC didn't want to bump the the Rockefeller tree lighting ceremony. Um, that, that is a fact. Why why this game was played on a Wednesday afternoon? Uh, obviously, it was supposed to be on Thanksgiving. It was supposed to be the marquee game. Um, Ravens had a, a COVID outbreak. Even despite two day or two positive COVID tests on the day the game was supposed to be played. Uh, they still play the game, 
probably COVID was spe- was spread, but um, the game was played, and, and the Ravens actually they almost won the game. I mean, they had opportunities to win the game. Let's call it that. Uh, they did cover as ten and a half point underdogs. Uh, they lost nineteen to fourteen. I did have have the Ravens in that game, uh, but yeah, Dallas is playing at uh, Baltimore. You're not getting a lot of – you really can't bet this a lot of places because there's so many question marks with the Ravens in terms of who will be eligible for that game. There is a kind of like a preliminary line, a 10-point spread, 45-point uh, total. If I was forced to take that, I would take Dallas uh, plus 10. Just The Ravens have been really, really um, underwhelming on the year and, and then coupled with all the injuries. Um, but we'll get a lot clearer picture once we see who's healthy. I think if both teams are healthy, this will be a little bit closer to seven. Uh, maybe six and a half. Um, but either way, I, I wouldn't really want to touch this game, but it is a nationally televised game. And it's the only game on Tuesday. Uh, so I did want to talk about it. Monday, we have two games, one scheduled, the other one pushed to Monday because of the uh, aforementioned um, Pittsburgh-Baltimore outbreak game. That's Washington at Pittsburgh. Washington's going to be visiting Pittsburgh. Washington coming off that victory that cost me potentially a lot of money. Um, on Thanksgiving, get a long, long rest traveling up to Pittsburgh on Monday. Right now, they're about nine point underdogs, a uh, total of 41 points. Uh, I hate saying this phrase, but uh, I might be betting on Washington. Uh, Pittsburgh is really so there's a difference between being uh, overrated and bad. So I've talked about how I think the Steelers have been overrated all year, but they're not a bad team. And a lot of times, so it's like if you speak negatively about the team, there's like all this hyperbole of, oh, you think they're terrible. And it's like, that's not it at all. I just, I mean, they're, they're a 11 or no team. They're an undefeated team, but they're not the best team in football. They're not even the best team in the AFC. And you can even make an argument that they, they're not the best team in their division. Now that's probably not a warranted argument, but by the end of the season, you know, the, the Ravens, if, if the stars align, they could, they could be the best team in the division. Um, so I just wanted to make that known. That being said, I do think nine points in a 41-point uh, expected total game, uh, that is a lot of points. Washington with the extra prep. Uh, Pittsburgh has its own COVID issues. I think it was missing three players yesterday. Also just lost Bud Dupree, its best defensive, uh, one of its best defensive players. Um, and also the game just means more to Washington. Uh, so, you know, Pittsburgh can kind of sleepily go through that game, win by three, four, seven points, and, and you're still covering. So if I was forced to bet it, I would take Washington. I, I haven't made a bet, and, and I'm, I'm not saying I will, um, but I'm definitely leaning towards that way before leading, uh, laying the points with Pittsburgh. Anything about those two games before we talk about the, the schedule Monday Night Football game uh, there, Rob? Have you and will you ever – decide to take the Ravens and the Washington football team off your off your scope, dude, because they're too close to home. You got too many buddies who love them. You're too in the in the middle of the scuttlebutt. I'm sure you listen to radio hosts talking about this shit all the time. Um, anything about too close to home and uh, no. practices? No, I, I actually these are the two teams I've I've profited off the most probably in my my serious betting career. Uh, this year hasn't gone necessarily well, and and last week the the Washington thing was because I had to pick between two games. It was either Detroit and Houston or or, or Dallas and and Washington. So I I was forced to pick a, a winner out of those two games, two games I would normally never touch. Um, so and then like I said, I actually had the Ravens this, uh, yesterday's game. 
Um, so I, I do feel like I actually have a pretty good, uh, you know, a pulse on these teams. So, so to answer your question, no, no, I, I, I will not. Um, but to be, to, you know, I, I have been higher on the Ravens this year than most and, and the Ravens have underwhelmed. So there's no doubt I, I have been wrong on that, but I think that's just more of a, a small sample thing, but mm-hmm. who, who, who knows? I, you know, you're always the easiest person to yourself is the easiest person to fool. So I would agree uh, with that. I would point out that the teams that you actually care about, let's call it the Orioles, maybe the Capitals, Maryland basketball. Um, would you call any of those too close to home to bet on? Um, I, not really just because I'm, I'm such a pessimistic fan slash human being that I, I think my lens is always towards like the negative. Like I remember the year the Capitals won the, the Stanley cup and, and they lost the first game of the, the Stanley cup against um, the Vegas Knights. And I remember being like, it doesn't even matter that we just lost. Like I, I just watched them play and I, I'm very confident in them. And I just remember being like, I've never felt like that before. Like I've never been like, we just lost the first game of a playoff series and I feel totally fine. Um, so, so yeah, I, I actually think I, I'm pretty, I mean, don't get me wrong. You're, you're going to misread things, but I just, the, just by nature, how I, I do, I do, you can call this a, a character flaw, but I do lean towards the pessimistic or, or the, the, you know, my team being worse than they actually are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's probably just more of a conservative thing. Um, in terms of, of risk uh, behavior or analysis, if you will. Um, that's a good question. I, mean, that, I do know plenty of people who, like your, your average fan, I would say yes, is, is too close uh, and, and should, not be, but should not be making bets on that. But I do know some smart fans who are, are very critical of their teams. And I know if they're ever like, I actually really like my team this weekend. I'm like, I am betting on that, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. not, not, not that it's that simple, but I'm definitely like, wow, that means that moves the needle for me. You know what I mean? Whereas if, if your casual fans like, Oh dude, we're going to play so well this week. I'm like, this person is an idiot. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it just comes to being more of a critical fl- fan, if you will. Um, so yeah, That's good fair. question. Though. Good question. Um, the, the other scheduled uh, Monday night game, or actually the, the one that was scheduled for a normal Monday night football, is Buffalo at San Francisco. But San Francisco, Santa Clara County, um, has shut down all contact sports. So San Francisco was told this, I believe, last week. Uh, it was like, hey, you know, like next Friday, we're, we're closing this all down. You guys can't play football here. So they had to go play a game in Los Angeles and then come back and then find a new home. So now they're going to be playing in Arizona. Uh, with all that being said, Buffalo opened a two-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, but now it's about a – Buffalo's going to a one-point favorite. It'll probably go to a pick for this game. Uh, if we want to talk about uh, – at the end of the show, I'm going to name the, the five teams I think that can win the Super Bowl. But if, if kind of a wild-card team, uh, a team that would actually have to, to – Go in the playoffs via the wild card. I think the, the San Francisco 49ers could uh, could be a team if the stars align. And really, it all comes down to this game. If they win this game, I think they're going to actually make the playoffs. Um, they are right now currently five and six, uh, two games out of the playoffs. But the teams ahead of them, uh, notably the Cardinals, Bears, and Lions, and Vikings, uh, nothing really um, too too easy to fall in love with them. Uh, and and the San Francisco's got great coaching, and they have a lot of injured players, and they're getting a, a decent amount. They're not getting all their best players back, but they're getting a decent amount back. But really what I like about San Francisco is the fact that if they were to um, play 
the in the wild card, they would most likely have to play the Packers or the Seahawks. So the Seahawks are in there in division. Anytime division games happen, that that lends itself most times to the the underdogs. And then the Packers, they beat the Packers in the NFC Championship game last year. Now I know they played earlier this year, but the Niners were severely severely hurt, um, and the Packers did win that. But um, there's not you know whomever the the Niners play if they were to make the playoffs, they're not going to be afraid of them. And I don't think there's a juggernaut in the NFC. The only juggernaut I think is the Chiefs. And like I said, we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. But um, yeah, this San Francisco team is definitely one to keep your eye on. Uh, they play in Arizona. Uh, then next week they're actually going to play the Washington football team, also in Arizona. Uh, but this is my football. This Buffalo team is decent, a, a well-coached team, um, you know, above-average team. Uh, but I, I don't think a, a team that could win the Super Bowl. Uh, so yeah, I think San Francisco would be really eager to watch them. I already have a position on San Francisco from earlier in the year before they they got really hurt, so that's the only reason I'm not betting it. But I see some places right now we can get fifty to one on San Francisco to to win the NFC. And I mean, you can if they make the playoffs from that, you could hedge out a lot of profit just with that. So my intention is if they win this game, then I would put in some more on San Francisco, probably somewhere close to fifteen or twenty to one. Um, but this game is such a uh, a catalyst for them, or or, a, or it's really it's a must win. It's a must win. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, on this game, if I was forced to bet it, I would take San Francisco. They just beat the Rams again, um, second time in this year. Um, San Francisco has looked great at times this year. They've looked terrible at times. Uh, but at the end of the day, this team did go to the Super Bowl last year, uh, and they all they have great coaching. So the, the coaching is something I, I like to to uh, to bet on. Um, but this is more of a wait and see game for me. I, I'm not making a play on it, but if I was forced to, I would take San Francisco. Uh, but obviously it'd be interesting to see how this, uh, relocating to Arizona unexpectedly affects the team. Um, there's very, very plausible that it's a, it's a big negative for them. Uh, anything before we get to Sunday's games, Rob? No, it checks out. It's going to be a weird one. That, it is. Uh, it is. Having to. Having to travel when you didn't think you would. I'd be annoyed as shit too. Yeah, yeah, Santa Clara, the the benefits of uh, California government. But uh, I digress. Uh, Denver at Kansas City. That's a Sunday night game. Uh, this opened thirteen points. It's up to fourteen now. Really hard to bet this game. Um, I've bet Kansas City the last two weeks and actually lost both games. Last week I had them minus three and a half. Patrick Mahomes had uh, 300 passing yards at halftime. They were up 20-some-odd points and somehow only won by three. Uh, the week prior, the Raiders, who just lost the, uh, me, yeah, the Raiders, who just lost the Falcons 43-6. to six. Um, The Raiders, I had, the, I had Kansas City by seven, and the Raiders almost beat Kansas City two weeks ago. So, um, Rob, you referenced a tweet I, I had from this past week that kind of summarized my, my year of betting in the NFL this year. Did you care to recall it? Yeah, I'll read this tweet for you. This says, and I quote, this league is entirely too random to bet on. Yeah, so so it definitely is. Um, Denver is a division game, two touchdowns, primetime game. Denver just played a game without a quarterback. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with this handicap. Um, Kansas City is, is on paper clearly 14 points, if not more, better than the team, but it really comes down to what is Kansas City really playing for? Um they, I mean, they're obviously going to win this game. It's just a matter of if they win by three or ten or seven or seventeen or thirty. I mean, it doesn't. They don't get more points for winning by that. So, 
Um, and just with all the uncertainties and, you know, maybe they rest some guys or maybe some quarantine things come up. I just, I have a hard time laying all those points, even with a team I do love in Kansas city, who I do think is the best team. Um, this Denver team has been all over the map. Um, but yeah, just wanted to mention that because it is the Sunday night football game. Some games I do want to talk about, uh, New England at Los Angeles. So I read a really good article um, from Preston Johnson, who works for ESPN, a guy I've followed, has been in sports betting for, for a very long time, and actually one of the best guys in sports betting, a completely transparent guy, not not a sleazeball at, at all. Uh, but we wrote an article talking about this is probably the most lopsided coaching mismatch in NFL history. Um, so New England is traveling to Los Angeles, Anthony Lynn. Uh, I hear he's a good guy, but he's not a good coach. Uh, coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, seemingly weekly comes up with some just bonehead after bonehead play. Um, this past week, the Chargers threw a Hail Mary, uh, 50 seconds left, and they mismanaged the clock at the end and didn't even get it to the end zone. I mean, they were down 10 points, I think, so it didn't really even matter. It was just kind of like, just showed how how they there's really a lack of leadership. And, and that's really happened weekly with the Chargers. Chargers have a good amount of talent, but they've kind of, a comedy of errors, if you will. They've blown probably three or four games this this year, uh, and then conversely, New England with Bill Belichick. Um, they're they're not a good team this year, um, but he still has them in the playoff hunt because he is Bill Belichick. Um, so the spread opened two and a half. Now New England is a one point favorite. Uh, all the metrics and stuff say the Chargers probably be around a three-point favorite. So it's just kind of showing you how you have to build in the subjectivity of coaching. And, you know, in, a, in an era where you can quantify everything, there's really not a, a, a foolproof way of, of quantifying other than, hey, we need to move the, the points by a couple of points, you know, to account for the coaching mismatch. So that's just something I want people to keep an eye on, um, you know, and but decision making is important. Uh, so it's definitely anytime coaching should be a non, it's definitely a non-zero. Um, and, and I talk about coaching a lot, um, but but it's just interesting because this is like the quote unquote biggest coaching mismatch. Uh, so anything interesting from that, I just, I definitely, I just wanted to bring that up because like I said, I, I read a really good article talking about that. Yeah. I, I don't have as good of a feel for, and I don't know if our listeners do of like the metrics that, that go into characterizing a good coach. Obviously it's like outperform the talent of your team, right? Make, make the, make the talent do better on the field all in have a positive effect on your sure right and performance in the playoffs but that's a lot harder for me to uh like i've seen you watch games and understand and scream at coaches for being morons um in various ways but uh, i would say to the lay person it's probably a little harder to harder to see and definitely an interesting point that like if you had power rankings of coaches this is the best versus the worst that's a little funny, um, and it would be a little sad to read that article if you were uh, the the Chargers coach. Sure, and and I'm glad you brought that up because um, it's very good. You, you kind of have to break it into multiple things. So there's um, there's like improvement, right? There's like coaches who uh, help improve the players, right, in terms of player performance. So the actual practicing and the development of talent. So that's one area of coaching where especially I think Belichick is a, is a major, major, uh, you know, benefit for his team. Uh, he just develops these guys and it's obviously not just him. And when I say Belichick, it's also the people he puts around him, of course. Um, 
in terms of like offensive line coaches, things of that nature. But the, so that's the development of talent. Uh, and I think that's what Belichick does the very best. Then there's the, the in-game decision. So that's like the, do I go for this on fourth down or not? Do I, um, you know, the play calling. So the first thing on offense, the play calling, that's Josh McDaniels. Uh, so for example, things such as like second and 10, even if you just do an incomplete, just, just to run the ball. So that way it's not third and 10, you're still expected to be third and seven. So it's a very suboptimal thing. So that's a really good way to know if the offensive play caller is, is a good offensive play caller or not is, um, to see what they do on, on a second and 10, almost always a second and 10 should, should be a pass. Uh, because when you run the ball, you're expecting to gain around three to four yards. That's, that's about average. Uh, so then if you set yourself up, if you're calling a second and 10, that means you're accepting a th- third and seven in terms of based on expectation. Of course, you're going to get the result sometimes will be one, two, five, ten, negative one. But you, you know, in terms of expected, what you're expecting third down to be when you call a run on second and ten is third and six or third and seven, um, which is a which is a n- not a good situation to be in because in third and six, then you have to throw the ball. Um, so predictability is pretty much the number one thing that the offense holds over the defense. The de- defense's biggest advantage is, um, you know, they. They have their matchup. They they know your tendencies, and then they they you know base their defense based on their research. If you become unpredictable, that's that's a makes it much more difficult for the defense. But if you become predictable, uh, that's easier to defend. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you know, so so you want to be as as unpredictable as possible. So now, uh, and that's why I say you know. You, you, Every once in a while, let's say 5% of the time, it is okay to run the ball on second and 10 because you do want to have tendency breakers. So if you know if you can send it 100% of the time, then on the other side, well, they know you're passing now. So you do every once in a while want to run, but the vast majority of time, you should, you should not be uh, running on second and 10. Now there's other things to factor. Like if it's the second half and you're up by two touchdowns and you're trying to, you know, uh, run the clock out. All right, that's different. But in, in what they call neutral game scripts, which means no team is really ahead. So even if the other team's up by three, it's still a neutral game script because you know you're expecting the team with the offense to at least get a field goal. Uh, so it's called a neutral game script. So yeah, that, that's what I mean by the coaching uh, mismatches. You have the development aspect, and then you have the in-game management, and then you also have stuff like clock management. When to use your timeouts? When to do things like that? And and just because a coach is good at one thing doesn't mean they're good at another. Andy Ruiz, the Kansas City coach, is famous for this. He's probably the best play caller, maybe ever, maybe maybe ever. Uh, but he, his clock management is horrible. And Gandor says he should just hire somebody to just do the clock management. I mean, there it is. This, this would be the optimal thing. Like, hey, this guy just tells us when to use timeouts. Um, so, so, yeah, there's different things. It's just the thing that Anthony Lynn is like terrible at all things coaching related. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind, of a, it's kind of a wonder as how, how he has – a job, but that's for another day. I mean, there's plenty of people in the NFL. Um, it, 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 it reeks of cronyism. Uh, it's like just this recycled, uh, you know, of, of kind of subpar coaching that, you know, they just kind of have this fraternity of, of uh, you know, below average talent, but that's for another podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you asked that so I can go in a little bit more depth. 
um, I do think that that's beneficial for for people to to kind of think about. Um, the other two, or other three games I wanted to talk about: uh, big national televised game in Philadelphia at Green Bay. Uh, this opened a seven point spread for Green Bay. Um, this is now up to about eight and a half. I wouldn't be surprised to see this go to ten. I don't know how you bet on the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they're, they're just a very, very bad team. Green Bay has really exceeded expectations, even though this is a team that went to the NFC Championship game last year, won 13 games last year. Uh, a lot of us nerds expected regression for this team, uh, and Aaron Rodgers has really just taken it to another level. Um, they, they're just they're, they're a great team. They really are. They're a great team, and they're one of the teams we're going to mention that at the end of the show who I think can win the Super Bowl. Um, and, and the Eagles are not. The Eagles are a fucking dog shit team. Um, so I, I, I'm not going to lay eight and a half, but I'm certainly not going to catch eight and a half taking the Eagles. Um, but just because it was a national televised game, I did want to bring that up. Um, Rams at Arizona. This is an interesting game. Rams open one and a half. Uh, they're now a three point favorite. Uh, a little tidbit here. Sean McVay, um, probably a, a top five, top three coach in the NFL. I famously have, have been terrible betting on or against the Rams this year. Um, I put a big position preseason on on the Rams under eight and a half wins. They certainly sit at seven wins, so I would be rooting for Arizona. That being said, um, Sean McVay has done really well against Arizona in his career. I think he's five and zero, oh, um, both winning and against the spread, with an average covering of the spread of uh, fifteen points, which is kind of insane. Uh, Arizona, Kyler Murray did not look very healthy in, in their loss to New England this past week. Um, he had a shoulder, somewhat of a shoulder injury. Arizona's coaching is is definitely probably average at best. Um, and so McVeigh definitely has a coaching edge there. Um, and and uh, they've lost some games this year where you can call a little bit of randomness, but you can also call a little bit of, of uh, you know, they kind of they, – they found uh, defeat, it, 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 you know, right out of the grasp of victory, if you will. They they choked some games away, and I think a little bit of that is is just really. I hate to be too narrative, but I do think a little bit of that is just the the youth they have for the team. I mean, there's there's talent there, um, but I think they're probably a year away from really making any any strides uh, in terms of of deep playoff runs. Um, but yeah, something I just wanted to mention. Um, curious to see the three points. Uh, I think we just did this on paper. Uh, Arizona and, and, and Los Angeles are pretty even. Los Angeles probably a one or two point favorite, but then the factoring in that is in Arizona should be like a one or two point swing. So uh, my numbers have this as uh, Los Angeles should be favored by one point, but just to try to explain why it's at three. And uh, I heard some other betters kind of talk about that, and, and I'm pretty cool with that justification. Uh, I think two points for coaching uh, is, is more than fair. Uh, so just something I wanted to mention. And then finally, Cleveland at Tennessee. This is uh, probably the, the most televised game uh, for the 1 o'clock window on the East Coast, the 10 o'clock in Cali, and the 11 in Arizona. Cleveland is a – despite both these teams being 8-3, and three, Tennessee is actually a six-point favorite. Tennessee is kind of starting to, to become a, a, an it team, if you will. Um, they just destroyed the Colts in essentially a, a division winning game. Um, and this is a team very similar to the, the 49ers who I think 
If I had to take a team that right now it seems like they could win the Super Bowl, but maybe a month from now they could, I would take Tennessee. Um, and the betting market is kind of supporting that as well. The only reason I haven't put any futures in on it is because Tennessee is most likely the three seed. And um, that would kind of put them on a collision course for the second week of the playoffs with Kansas City, and that's a team we want to avoid. But if Kansas City were to take the one seed, uh, kind of an indirect uh, result of that that I would look to try to take advantage of was probably taking Tennessee, betting them. Uh, but that's just something I wanted to mention. Uh, I, I do think six points is a little high. If I had to take it, I would take Cleveland. But uh, Tennessee is the way they can run the ball, especially later in the year uh, when it's colder out. Um, that, that's where running kind of becomes more important. But this offense is for real. They can also throw the ball. Uh, but if I did have to take it, I'd take Cleveland, but I, I'm not going to touch this game. I just kind of wanted to share my thoughts about Tennessee. Uh, anything about any of those games before we're going to get to the, the teams who I think can win the Super Bowl there, Rob? Let's get to that Super Bowl. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do the Super Bowl. I, I've, uh, I've heard it's an important thing. Uh, so in the UFC, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they, they are the best team in football. Uh, I'm going to look to try to bet on them in terms of a future. Uh, if I get maybe they stumble, maybe they lose a game, um, anything of that nature. But I, I am going to look to get in on this team at some point. Uh, to me, they're clearly the best team in football, clearly the best offense. They have about a top 12 defense. Um, but like I, we've talked about all year, offense is way more important than defense. Patrick Mahomes is amazing. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, it's just kind of hard to gauge because they, they haven't really been challenged this year. They, yes, they lost the game to the Raiders. Um, but, and they had to beat the Raiders again a couple of weeks ago. Um, but a team really hasn't stuck it to them, or I should say multiple teams haven't really stuck it to them for, for a full game. So I think, I think they have another gear to go and a little bit of that speculation and speculation is a little dangerous, but, um, I mean, what Patrick Mahomes can do, man, it, it, it's really incredible. Um, the UFC, I will say, Pittsburgh Steelers can win the Super Bowl only, only if they remain the one seed. So right now they are undefeated, and they would be the one seed. Uh, remember the playoffs this year, there's only one bye. So you have to get the one seed to get the bye. If not, you have to play uh, a wild card game, a division game, and then win your, your conference championship. So that's three games to get to the Super Bowl. So ultimately, I don't think the Steelers can win four games in the playoffs to win the Super Bowl. But if they get the wild card, or excuse me, if they, if they get the one seed, they would play uh, the, the lowest remaining team in the division and then most likely play either the Chiefs or whomever is left off in the AFC. Uh, any given Sunday, one game of football, anything can happen. Um, but if the Chiefs and the Steelers play a game of football, I will be betting lots of money on the Chiefs. Uh, so those are the two teams in the AFC. Like I said, if I had to take a dark horse, I would say Tennessee. Um, but, but yeah, that's pretty much all I see right now is, are those two teams with Tennessee potentially uh, ascending by the end of the year. NFC, I would go Saints, Seahawks, and Packers. Uh, I've been kind of um, under market on the Packers all year, but at some point you got to call a spade a spade. They're they're a pretty damn good team. Aaron Rodgers playing great. Defense isn't necessarily great, but you don't need a good defense if you have a great offense, which they have. They can run the ball, they can pass the ball, uh, and they will most likely get at least one game at home. Um, the Seahawks they have the best 
if not the best quarterback, the second best quarterback uh, in Russell Wilson. They have DK Metcalf, who's an amazing receiver. Uh, he's an absolute beast. He is also a rebel. Um, so shout out to Ole Miss and the Rebs. And then finally, the New Orleans Saints right now are the favorite to get the one seed, which is that bye. But any of these three teams can get the bye. I think the Saints are the most complete team. Unfortunately, um, their quarterback play isn't as solid as the other four teams mentioned uh, with Drew Brees being hurt and also being a little bit old, uh, not very mobile, uh, and just doesn't have that upside. But the rest of the team, running game, offensive line, defense, um, a very complete team. Uh, so those are my my uh, five teams I think we can win it. And my dark horse, the NFC, I would say look at San Francisco, especially if they win hosting Buffalo in, in fabulous uh, Arizona this weekend. Uh, I think I think the Niners have a real, real chance. Uh, thoughts, feelings, tidbits, anything you want to share with us, Rob? Yeah, I'd like to uh, double-click on the old Saints because you were talking shit earlier about how Drew Brees, I don't know if it was actually about Drew Brees, but it was about the Saints not being able to throw the ball downfield. And if you've changed your tune on this, can, can the Saints throw the ball downfield now or no? Well, clearly you watch a lot of Saints games. Um, Drew Brees hasn't played in, in three weeks. Um, they have Taysom Hill, a, a bona fide running back. They have a Tim, he's Tim Tebow. They have a Tim Tebow back there right now. They have Jameis Winston on their bench. Um, who should be probably the quarterback, but anyways. Um, so yeah, I, Taysom Hill know that he can't throw throw it deep, and Drew Brees is very methodical. He's very methodical, but no, he can't throw the ball deep with the accuracy. And this is really what the Buccaneers are struggling with. Tom Brady cannot throw deep, and I think it is uh, an age thing. Uh, and I'm not being ageist. It's just it's just the facts of life. Um, and you just don't have that big play mentality. So so. You, if you fall down in the game, it's just it's so much harder to get back in a game, and and it doesn't mean your team's bad. It's just you can fall down for a come, you know, just so many random events, you know, a fumble, an interception, something of that nature. Two of those together, um, you can be down two touchdowns easily, and it just kind of it it, it reduces the amount of game scripts that you can that you can be successful in. Um, so no, that question has not been answered. If that question were answered, then they would be the clear favorites, of the NFC. And I'd be looking to, to back them. Uh, but right now I know that question has not been answered. Word up. <coughs> yeah. So, uh, any other thoughts, any other, do you have a wish for your, do you have a birthday wish? Uh, anything you want to share with us, uh, before, before we wrap things up? Hmm. Birthday wish. Uh, no, I, you know what, Jay, I, I hope that the, uh, the NFL randomness tilts in your, uh, in your favor wow. this weekend instead of the other way. That, that's my, that's my wow. wish. Wow. What a guy. What a guy. I appreciate that, Rob. Well, have a great birthday. Um, and, and we'll see everyone else next week. Peace.